0: Why am I doing a podcast? And who am I anyway? A nobody. A nobody like me. A zero. A nobody who considers themselves a religious zealot. And I'm even sometimes shocked and appalled at my own fanatical opinions. Surrounded for 15 years by hardcore firebrand preachers, my, my ideas couldn't be further away from... Most popular perspectives and mainstream thought, a black sheep. Who am I trying to convince? Who am I trying to convert? And what do I hope to achieve, other than just showing myself to be the fool that I am, an eccentric joker, a nobody trying to be a somebody? My name's Stevie Sharanga. I was a Hindu monk for 10 years, living at an ashram on top of a hill in Scotland. And I'm a quiet guy, I'm the shy one. (laughs) what am i doing (laughs) what am i doing podcasting um that's it you got to watch out for the shy ones that's what they say uh my style i usually just um sit back and observe i let everybody else get on with the work and if they need help i help if if if, you know if someone else is willing to take the lead let let them get on with it if somebody else wants to speak let them take the limelight so um So anyway, why am am I, uh, I mean, I I thought about, I thought about calling the podcast, uh, I've just called it the Stevie Sharanga podcast, but I thought about calling it the can of worms. I want to, you know, I want to open that can of worms and uh, have a look inside and, uh, you know, disentangle, disentangle it. But I, I think, I think I've got something to share, you know, it's a new journey. It's a new journey for me. That's, that's why I'm doing a podcast. Um, I was a monk for so many years and, and, and even after being a monk for 10 years um, carried on uh, as a full-time uh, servant of the monastery for an extra um, six years and so it's just now that I've kind of left that sphere of influence um, for, for one of the reasons being that I wanted to be able to do other things uh, and speak um, speak, speak about stuff, you know, have time, I'm the gardener, I'm just a gardener at the the monastery, so, um, but I'm not a gardener anymore, so, uh, yeah, wanted to, um, open up, get out of my shell, coming out of my shell, getting out of my cave, and being me, actually, being me, um, the, uh, in the monastery, it's very, uh, you know, very life is very restricted, very controlled, you know, and uh, yeah, it's kind of like being in rehab. You know, we check ourselves into rehab when we we find our own lives unmanageable, and we stay there for some time until, um, you know, um, uh, we we feel we're able to again to be able to look after ourselves and take care of ourselves, and then we we can check out of the of the uh, rehab. So the monastery is a little bit like that and uh, and even though some people might just stay in there for the whole life that's fine that's what they want to do but um, that's one good thing about being a Hindu actually uh, in Christianity you have to take lifelong vows uh, but in Hinduism and I think Buddhism too you can decide you know to take two years five years ten years and you can change as well if you if you have to um, I'm sure you can probably change if you're a Christian as well if you really want to get out of the monastery you can escape um so yeah I um, want to tell my story um and um not that not that not that my story uh, I feel that I have a special story to tell I think everybody everybody has a story definitely absolutely everybody has a story to tell I'm just going to tell mine cause I I think just as I think everybody else is valuable is then I think mine is mine is also a valuable story um with lessons to be learned <clears throat> and uh yeah I've been I've been I've been um wanting to like you know speak um but I've been afraid I've been afraid to speak um afraid to stick my neck out and reveal my reveal myself share my my inner thoughts um there's a, a fear of that because you know in sticking in sticking your neck out it might get chopped off you know by sharing my opinions uh, I mean I don't deliberately go out of my way to offend anybody and you know um I, I I just you know wouldn't want to offend anybody at all and I hope I don't but there's always that risk that someone might get offended by what I say and I can apologize in advance but um that's not really going to make a lot of difference uh, if 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 um I do offend anyone then please accept my apologies and I don't intend to. And uh, as well, my opinion isn't final. I I mean, I'm, I express my opinion, but I don't I don't consider myself to be absolute or in any way. Uh, even my opinions aren't, aren't fully formulated. I'm I'm in the process of formulating my opinions, and my opinions are subject to change. I mean, I was listening to one of my podcasts that I recorded a few weeks ago, and I was just I I was like, I disagree. I disagree with with that guy. But who's that guy speaking? It's me. It's me speaking. I disagree with him, and, and and but it's just like I'm trying to make a point, and um, it takes practice to make the point, to refine it, and, and and just you know try to really hone in on exactly what it is I'm trying to say and I want to say, and it that takes that takes uh, practice. For example, teachers, you know, they they usually deliver the same the same kind of series of lectures year on year on year and each year they get better and better and better because they learn how to present it better but like this is you know most of the topics i'm talking about in these podcasts I've, I've never had the chance to open up and talk about them before so i'm 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 just on on the you know the first step of a new journey um and i'm i'm like taking a leap of faith to to trust myself and i'm i'm praying to be you know authentic to what I really think and, and, and believe and stuff, you know. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, my life as a monk, its I consider it to be public property. You know, we dedicated our lives in service to God. And in practice, that meant in service to humanity, actually. Most of the time, I was out uh, in, 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 the, in the streets of the cities and towns of Northern England and Scotland, uh, available, uh, as, a, as a monk in some capacity as like like you get these street pastors i mean my friend uh he he used to get a lot of people coming up to him and you know just um asking him for counsel sharing life problems and he would he would listen and try and offer whatever advice he could you know and 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 they they looked up to him uh and respected him as as a as a monk somebody who's you know, dedicate their lives to God, someone who's given up worldly life, worldly responsibilities, just to dedicate themselves uh, to the service of God and the service of fellow fellow humanity. So, um, yeah, all, all those years, uh, many years, eight years, uh, out, out on the streets every day. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, um Whoo! Just trying to breathe. Mm, Breathing. Yeah, mind, thoughts start in the mind, and then from the mind, uh, they become speech. We try to make them into articulate those thoughts, and then, and then, and then after that, the next. It's a sequential, sequential three stages. After the thoughts have been articulated, then, and after that, then we hope that action can take place. Um, that um from words come deeds so um i'm i guess i'm on the second stage then uh stage number two of trying to articulate my thoughts in the hope that um yeah the that, 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 um, people will be spurred to action um, and myself included and teams team we need to do team building teams can be so yeah, I've always I've always liked talking. Um, and when I was a teenager, in my early and in my early twenties, uh, I had a group good group of friends, close friends, good friends, and we'd spend a lot of time talking to each other, talking about my yeah. My, one of my my best friend, he was really into literature, read read most of the classics, and he liked to talk about stuff like that and um me too interested in philosophy so we'd have good good chats you know uh, especially when we get stoned as well um in my friend's clubhouse that was like a little um coal bunker in his back garden where we would go in there after after pub closing time go and have a smoke let the conversation continue um so yeah a lot of talking um a lot of talking a lot of expressing ourselves Which was great, Uh, but in the monastery, very, very different, very different, very tight-lipped. Speak when spoken to. Obedient, submissive. Um, You know, uh, don't say anything. Don't don't gossip. Certainly, don't gossip. But um, don't say anything that isn't corroborated and backed up by the holy scriptures. A very strict uh, culture of speech. Words were taken very seriously. No, very little chit chat. I mean, I struggled with it. I struggled. I struggled with um, the solitude. I, I struggled with the celibacy, and I struggled with the solitude. Um, but look, lucky for me, you know, like you don't, you don't have to take those lifelong vows. So I opted out after a few years and got married. Um, I was lucky to find a wonderful wife so um where are we now i've got my piece of paper here we've missed we've missed out i'm supposed to sing a song here i've made up my mind i ain't wasting no more time and here i go again on my own walking down the only road i've ever known like a drifter i was born to walk alone Anyway, yeah, like I've made up my mind that uh, I ain't wasting all my time and I want to do a podcast, so that's it, you know, doing a podcast. And it's kind of like do or die, yeah, do or die. Uh, gotta, just got to do it, just got to do it. Um, and trying to develop my ability to speak about spirituality, um, try not to be too shy. I've always been quite shy and reserved, um, except when I'm drunk. Yeah. Um, But I don't get drunk anymore. Not had a pint for how many years? 17 years now. I remember the last pint. It was an awful, awful pint of porter in a pub called the Top Lock um, on the Leeds Liverpool Canal just outside Chorley on the way past Wheelton, I think. Might be in Wheelton. A town where they make wheels. Um, So, yeah, uh, it's my life. It's my life and it's now or never, I ain't gonna live forever, life is like an open highway. I wanna say I did it my way, I just wanna live while I'm alive, it's my life. So yeah, I've reclaimed. I've reclaimed autonomy over my own life because as a, as, a, as a, that's a you know an important part of being a monk is that you know um, surrender, surrender to God, surrender to the abbot of the monastery, um, and um, obedience, submission, um, renunciation of personal autonomy, uh, very little private, well. No private time, no private space, few personal belongings. Um, a sacrifice. A hu- for me, it was a huge sacrifice to let go of all these things. To let to let go of my own personal freedom. Um, but I'm going to talk about that more in another podcast. Actually, um, i have got another podcast lined up about the sacrifice, sacrifice, brotherhood, austerity, things like that. Um, but yeah to, to, to say that it's my life even that even that is controversial uh in the monastery it's not your life no it's your life belongs to god you know that's 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 the bottom line um so i am trying to in in this podcast i am trying to speak in service of god i'm not um i i'm i i, I uh, you know i uh i i i uh I, I you know i i worship god you know i I believe in God. I worship God. He's my, he's my Lord, uh, my savior. Um, <clears throat> but, um, yeah, I'm, i but what I want to say is that I, I'm not, I'm not speaking in service of my religion. I'm saying I'm su- speaking in service of, of God. And I want to just, just distinguish between that, you know, because, um, because I'm a Hindu. I'm, I, I've, I've become a Hindu. um, I'm kind of baptized and ordained I'm a priest I'm a, I'm a Hindu priest but um yeah I mean okay Hinduism is known for being a universalist uh, and India is a universalist, universalist religion and India is known for being an accommodate very accommodating multicultural society but um I just want to emphasize that point that um I'm not speaking in um <clears throat> Speaking on, on uh, in service of in service of my religion, you know uh, Hinduism. I, I want to speak uh, in service of God, and I respect. Uh, well, I, I don't even want to say that I respect all religions. No, I don't. I don't even consider distinction between religions. I see. I think there's one religion, um, which is to love and serve God, and that and that's it. That's 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 that is religion, you know. Um, you can say, well, you know, there's different cultural varieties of the one religion. Um, I mean, that's, that's how I see it. That's how I see it. And, uh, I may argue on the street with people who, who tell me I'm, I'm bogus or whatever, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a good Christian. That's what they tell me. But, um, but anyway, I've got this little thing I can read out here. Um, and although um, <clears throat> you might try and, you know, put this into, into a box. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read it out. Black Elk. I think he's a, he's a medicine man. Black Elk speaks. You will have noticed that everything an Indian does is in a circle. And that is because the power of the world always works in circles and everything tries to be round in the old days when we were a strong and happy people all our power came to us from the sacred hoop of the nation and so long as the hoop was unbroken the people flourished the flowering tree was the living center of the hoop and the circle of the four quarters nourished it the east gave peace and light the south gave warmth the west gave rain and the north, with its cold and mighty wind, gave strength and endurance. This knowledge came to us from the outer world with our religion. Everything the power of the world does is done in a circle. The sky is round, and I have heard that the earth is round like a ball, and so are all the stars. The wind, in its greatest power, whirls. Birds make their nest in circles, for theirs is the same religion as ours. The sun comes forth and goes down again in a circle. The moon does the same, and both are round. Even the seasons form a great circle in their changing, and always come back again to where they were. The life of man is a circle from childhood to childhood. And so it is in everything where power moves black elk so i've had a lot of time to think things over um uh you know a lot of internal meditation and prayer and now it's time i feel it's time for me to to share share things and um Anyway, yeah, I I don't have much um, uh, uh, much experience of public speaking. Um, Not 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 a lot at all, really. I mean, at school we were we in college and university we were taught um, uh, you know reading and writing skills, essay writing, but public speaking was never part of the never part of the, the educational curriculum um, at any point in my um, at any point in my in my life really apart from in the monastery actually yeah' I've, I've uh, for about 10 years I um, was given uh, the, the morning sermon uh, maybe once a month on the road I was on the rotor gave it about once a month um, to give take turns to give the morning sermon so that that so I've got some experience there and also a little community Harry Krishna community events. In um, in in like community centres every, every once, maybe you know once or twice a year some small speaking uh, engagements, um but yeah, unlike unlike my my fellow uh, ex monk and Iscon uh, Harry Krishna compadre Jay Shetty Jay Shetty uh, none other than Jay Shetty, um my famous compadre, who's um gone from um being a monk to uh being a worldwide superstar um, we went to see him uh, a few months back uh, at the glasgow armadillo um, and there's about 1500 people there the auditorium um so yeah wonderful to see him uh, doing so well and uh i listened to I listened to a, a few of his podcasts uh, a couple of months back um and uh I lo- I actually lo- I love this culture of podcasting and speaking to people and people opening up and being honest and you know that that wasn't available before okay you've got the radio you know like but um there's so much more available I mean um Joe Rogan yeah I love it 3 4 hours you know mining deep into people's thoughts and ideas. Absolutely fantastic. And um, Jay Shetty, uh, he, he interviewed President Biden, um, Neemai Delgado, um, Mike Milken, uh, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, I loved I love the interview of Kim Kardashian. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mentioned it to a few people. Oh, I just, you know, Jay Shetty and he's interviewed Kim Kardashian and the reaction, <laughs> the reaction from the people I mentioned it to, to was like shock. He interviewed Kim Kardashian. Um I don't know, yeah, people seem to think she's maybe one of the most materialistic person uh, around. But um, no, not at all. I I love the interview, and uh, she's a very spiritual lady. Um, So, yeah, it was great. And, um, yeah, uh, Jay Jay Shetty describes, you know, his first um, public speaking engagement when he was like seven or eight years old, and, you know, he was put up on the stage, and he, he just started crying, and he couldn't say anything, do anything. After that, he started getting regular public speaking lessons regularly. And so he's, he's an expert and, um, and then throughout university, he was giving motivational speeches and that was when I bumped into him, uh, down, at, um, down at a temple in London and he was giving a talk. And, and then, you know, soon after that, he went over to America, we worked at the Huffington Post, and we were watching his progress, watching his rise to success, and now he's over on the west coast, and uh, doing very well. So, hats off, hats off to him, and uh, he's an inspiration. Yeah, he's an he's an inspiration for us. Um, and so I'm also trying to find my find my voice and um, trying to <clears throat> open up. Open up my, my throat chakra. Uh my what I've got I've got a teacher, he's he's called uh Bhakti Rasayan Sagara Maharaj. And he's a traveling teacher. And he says that uh we can't wait for everything to be perfect. I'm a perfectionist, you see. I I, I would wait and wait and wait. I remember writing essays. I was never happy with them, uh working on them all night before they were handed in. Unnecessarily so. I could have just, you know, been content with it, uh, you know, midnight or. But uh, you know, we always keep going over it again and again and again. But um, uh, this this teacher, he, he says, you know, you can't you can't just carry on waiting and waiting and waiting till the perfect circumstances arise. It's, then nothing happens. You just gotta you just gotta um, crack on, uh, crack an egg, crack an egg and make an omelette. Um, every endeavour is covered by some fault. That's in the Bhagavad Gita. Um, so expect mistakes. I am the personification of mistakes. Um, but uh, yeah, just got to um, apologise for my mistakes and um, try to carry on and try to have a positive effect on the world. That's that's my that's 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 my bottom line. Actually, I, I kind of. Um, there's a. we're in my hometown, I, I'm. I've not been to my hometown for a while, actually, and. Uh, but I remember seeing a plaque on the wall. It said that a martyr was killed, and um, and and on that spot, um, a Christian martyr. And uh, seeing that plaque made me think that, um, you know, if I can if I can contribute in some positive way to the world to help other people. In some way, then my life is of some use. And if and if I can't then I might as well just kill myself, you know, because, you know, if I can't help other people, what's the point of living? Um, so so that's that's, that's my uh, raison d'etre uh, to try to help other people. And I've been trying to do it as a monk in a practical way. Um, I've been trying to grow food to feed people at the monastery. Uh, and then, you know, we're out on the streets trying to share our spirituality uh, try to distribute books and to collect money to maintain our, pay our bills at the monastery. But I feel as though I never really got, I never really fulfilled my my Dharma, my, my, my raison d'etre of really wanting to help people. And uh, I'm not exactly sure how I can do it actually. Uh, but I think talking about it is a start because I do feel that I have a mission um, and I do feel that I've, got, I, I, I've been blessed with a mission from God. And I don't think that that's makes me a special person. I think everybody has, um, a divine purpose for being on this earth in this life at this particular time. And, and you know, that mission could be to help another person to, it could be to endure, endure suffering and through enduring that suffering, help somebody. Um, my my mission, as as I as I um, accept it from God in in, uh, in deep prayer and supplication before God, and I, I heard a voice um, which said that uh you know he said carry carry on carry on as you are um, follow the principles of that have been you know delineated by the Hare Krishna teacher avoid to- intoxication. Um, avoid gambling don't don't uh kill any animals and eat, be a vegetarian and and uh maintain respectful relationships don't exploit others no illicit sex uh, you know um be faithful to your wife this is this is these are the there's four there four four r- rules of Hare Krishna the voice said follow those rules and in due course of time then um patience with patience you will see an uh see a new world a new world become manifest um and a, a world of of people living simply um on the land um growing their own food this the, and so the, the this I, that was my prayer you know um because the 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 the, uh, the founder of Hari krishna in the western world um He's not the founder of Hare Krishna. He's the, fa- he's the founder of ISKON. That's the society that he registered. I-S-K-C-O-N, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And he wrote a lot about simple living, uh, farming, protecting the cows, uh, growing grains, plowing with oxen, um, building your own houses from trees, cott- cottages made of, of wood simple houses and just um you know saving time not going you know you don't have to go to the shops <laughs> just you know cultivate the land next to your house and and, then, and therefore thereby uh you know having more time for prayer for meditation for singing uh, group singing with your friends singing the names of god kirtan um that's what he that's what he talked about and uh, he talked about that like 50 years ago. And around the world, uh, the Hare Krishnas have been very slow to implement those those plans and those ideas. There's a, a handful of people, a few pockets of people trying to do something similar like that in a few places, maybe a dozen or two dozen places around the world, some farms, but not a lot, not not as much as... as, as uh, you know, you might've hoped. Um, so I pray that, you know, my mission, I want to, I want to serve, I want to serve, uh, God, uh, I want to serve you, uh, Srila Prabhupada in, in your mission to try to establish these kind of simple, peaceful communities, communes, um, and like yeah, we've got this cost of living crisis. You know, um, it's not in the news as much now. Um, you know, there's been the war in the Ukraine, now there's the, the, the war in Palestine, um, but the cost of living crisis—it was in the news like six months ago, and now and now we don't hear about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, my, my supermarket uh, trolley has the price hasn't gone down. Prices are still up there, and it's about um, it's about. Uh, I mean, this might sound like a wild, crazy scheme, but it, it this this is this this is it's this is my mission. You know, I'm passionate about it. It's about supply and demand. The reason why food costs are high is because there isn't enough food to well, there is. There's just about enough food to go around, but um, the reason is supply and demand. There's there's um the needs that we need to if we want to reduce the cost of food, we need to grow more food. Um, and then when there's a surplus, I mean, yeah, I, I, I've travelled, I've spoken to people from other parts of the world. My, my one of my friends, he's from the Ukraine, um, and he says that over there food is very cheap. And uh, and the same the same same with my wife, she's from Bulgaria. You go to the village in Bulgaria, and maybe maybe a, a quarter of the people who live in the villages, they've got little market stalls at their front doorstep with pumpkins and cabbages and tomatoes. And they just, you know, they just, uh, it's, there's, there's so much food to go around cause every, everybody's growing it. I remember the first time I visited Eastern Europe, um, I, I and we went into the villages and, uh, and I saw that um, you know, every house in, 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 in the villages had large pots of land and, most of them were being cultivated and people growing their own food. And I was trying to understand, I was trying to understand that Eastern all across Eastern Europe. That's what it's like. And I was trying to understand, I was like, is that because in communist times there wasn't enough food to eat? So they had to grow their own food. You know, you'd see on the telly, a uh, a picture of, um, a grocer's shop in Moscow with a, a two mile long queue of people trying to, trying to get a loaf of bread and a bottle of milk. um, I think that's, by the way, I think that's, I think that's propaganda. I don't know if that, I don't know if it was like that. Um, always, I don't if it was always like that. There must've been enough food for people to eat even in the cities, but in the countryside, in the countryside, uh, all across Eastern Europe, um, after the long, after the fall of communism, that's, that's how people live. And I was like, why, why is it like that? Is it because, um, you know, in communist times there wasn't enough to eat? No. No, it was, no, that's not the reason. It's, it's always been like that. It's always been like that. People in villages have always grown food enough for themselves to eat and surplus to sell for a little bit of extra money. That's the way it's always been. And that's what it was like in the UK as well. Um, UK, we have to understand, is a special case. It's different from... Um, the most of the places in the world, and 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 you could say Western Europe and America probably as well, uh, as as a um, a collective sh- with a collective similar culture, are sep- different to other places. As soon as you go over to Eastern Europe, there's a, there's a, a different a different um, food system. So we have our food system, which is is centralised. Um, production of food is centralised on farms. With mechanisation um, and uh, a few people trained up who still who are working there and they know how to operate the machinery and and then and then the rest of the population like most people we've lost those skills lost the skills of how to grow food not so in Eastern Europe where um, there's a lot of food uh, available and um, and it's cheap and uh, so my part of my mission is to is to not just offer retraining in the skills uh, of growing food skills which I've I've learned at the monastery how to I am a trained market gardener that's my trade I've 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 been trained up in that um, small scale farming or uh, small holding um, growing plots of grains um, wheat, barley, oats small plots, learning how to do it ploughing um, not with a tractor, just with a um, like a push like you know, uh, rotavator style, large uh, plough and yeah, veg- vegetables grains, flowers greenhouse, gardening um, and uh And but the main problem in the UK is people understanding the value of that, and, and 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 people, you know, not not really wanting to get involved in getting their hands dirty, and um, you know mucking in. But yeah, a lot a long time ago, there's there's one po- um, YouTube channel I like to listen to. Mark Nickel he's a guy who lives in the Scottish borders and there's one valley there and he got the old maps out and um, back in the day like 300 years ago there were 16 villages in that one valley now there's just two or maybe three at most but you know visiting Eastern Europe you see what a village actually is Um, my wife's uh, family home in a village outside of Sofia um, um where, where her, her grandma uh, still lived and had uh, four sheep. Um, they used to have a couple of cows in a, a little barn, but all the agricultural buildings there um, you know behind the, the cottages um, show show you know we're still in use and um, we, the, they describe how sort of um, a generation ago, um they, they had I think 10 cows her mother and uh, her auntie would look after a group of 10 cows that like that belonged to their family and, and then you say that in the in the in the village in that time there was maybe 100 cows in the whole village and the generation before there was like 1000 cows but it's 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 reducing gradually reducing and, and i'm seeing that at, you know, first hand this this uh moving away from from the villages to the cities. Um nobody wants as, as my wife's grandmother died, uh no one wanted to, to, to take on the cottage and, and live there. And there was actually a big house next to the cottage which was a kind of a huge house suitable for two or three families to live in. Um that was empty and she was just living in a little cottage um, with, a, with a barn at the back full of, full of farming tools and, and that's been sold. that's all been sold now and, um, and but, but I see the same in, in, in the village where I live in Scotland that the, 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 the farming buildings are all still there at the, at the back of houses and um, many many of them and in the back of the high street uh, lots of um, barns and, and, and you see the old photos of, of cows in the street in, in Les Mahago. And, um, and, and and so there the, 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 the was uh, in the village a real connection and, and most of the connection to the land and to the farming and most of the people who lived in a village were connected in one way or other with farming industries, either, either as a butcher, as a, as a, uh, a cartwright, as a, a smith fixing tools and horseshoeing. And so everybody in the village was connected to the farming industry. Uh, but now, now villages in, in the UK are just, are just commuter, commuter zones for cities. And, 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 and you know, uh, 97% of, of the people in villages are not connected in any way to, to farming and agriculture. Um, but, um, but yeah, so this is, this is my, this is uh, my divine mission uh, to try to, Help people uh, see the value of it, and um, and 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 in a practical way, do what I can to teach uh, gardening and farming. Uh, teach by example. Uh, you know, grow grow enough food for my family, and, and sell and give away surplus. And uh, in this way, help to help 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 people because. Um, Food is is a necessity and high quality food is is expensive organic food. I I grow, I grow all my food organic and um, I think that what we, you know, we are what we eat, uh, especially for children. I want to, I want to give my children the the best quality food I can because it it nourishes the brain and we we want children to to achieve their potential and and be the best that they can be. and, 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 not that growing food. It's like uh, it, it, not the growing food is 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 the pinnacle of um, growing high quality food is not the pinnacle of civilization by any means. Uh, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's it's a foundation. It's a foundation, and, and upon which you know, ch- especially children who who've got a good diet and uh, are getting really good food, they can go on to become ballet dancers and concert pianists and uh, laser physicists and whatever it is they're going to go on and do. Um, a doctor, a nurse, an engineer, they're going to go on and do whatever they're going to do. But the foundation is people getting good quality food, um, good quality grain, vegetables, good quality dairy products that are, uh, that come from dairies where no animals are harmed or killed in any way uh, that's the hindu economic model um to protect the cow so another reason i'm doing a podcast is um is because by talking about these things i'm i'm hoping to to learn more about them delving deep into the subject matter like um yeah, they say you can only really learn a subject when you when you when you try and teach it, because then you realise actually I don't know as much as I thought I knew about it. Um, but I, I recently had a, a, a counselling course, um, a course of counselling. I was suffering anxiety. I I had to um, speak to my GP, and I got some uh, counselling um, to help me with my anxiety, and and and, and that was the first time. Ever in my life, actually, that you know, I got the chance to really just talk and talk and talk, and I found that by doing that, um, I I learned a lot about myself. Um, yeah, a lot about myself I didn't know, and and by articulating and expressing and mining down deep into things um, is is uh, something that I'd hadn't appreciated the value of before. So I'm appreciating the value of of the spoken word, and I'm honouring it by by doing a podcast, honouring that realization by podcasting, talking about stuff, and I want to encourage discussion um, uh, with amongst people, uh, yeah, on, on on topics that I might have discussed. Um, so, who am I? Who am I? That's a good question uh, for a philosopher um but um i' in terms of externals who am i um yeah stevie 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 Sharanga <laughs> Sharanga is um is, an, is is my hindu name uh who have a kind of uh, not a, it's, it's a baptism of fire it's it's not a water a water ceremony it's a fire ceremony um but yeah before before i was became um a hindu then um, I was a good student at school. Um, I was a top of the class, straight A student, uh, until I met my nemesis, um, who got me into smoking dope and he was an artistic guy, but, um, I studied humanities. Yeah. I studied philosophy, university, college. I did, uh, English and history because, um, even though I, I was, I probably would have done better, actually, at sciences. But I find I found that okay, you know, science, mathematics, there's always there's always a, a definite answer, and in humanities, there isn't. It's about persuasion, uh, you know, your ability to present arguments, and so I, I thought this. I'm I'm living in a world, a world of a world of people. Um, Science uh, The sciences um, Are, an- are analyzing You know Objects uh, Matter But I'm living in a world of people So I chose I chose to study the humanities um, So I found it more Ambiguous And In, in that and in that sense More interesting But I want to I want to talk about my uh, My own um, <coughs> Story uh, and, and relate it through a book that I recently read uh, Herman Hess, is it H- Hesse I'm not sure if I pronounced that right Herman Hesse Beneath the Wheel uh, I read it about a month or so ago and I really liked it and the story was that there was a young guy and he's, he's, he's a top of the class guy he's very intelligent and people, the, his tutors and local priest and you know educated people in his village give him a lot of extra attention because he sees he's got he's got potential um and so then he goes off to uh boarding school and it's a monastery school and you know I think he's probably there for about five years the first two or three years he's doing great and then he meets his his nemesis who's a creative guy he's um you know and he, he just he just takes him he takes him off off the track of his you know what you might have supposed to be his destiny of academic success. who knows what he would have gone on to do but anyway he he starts flunking his exams and then uh, he has to he, eventually you know he he doesn't pass exams at the end and then and then he has to get a job in a metal uh, workshop. Which he, he kind of doesn't like. I think he doesn't like it, and he goes out to get drunk with the metal workers, and then on the walk back from a village uh, over the hill, he falls in the river, and that's him beneath the wheel, crushed beneath the wheel of the system. So, my, I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the idea of reading a book is, is, that I identify with the character, and. I see how how the the, the the hero of the story, how his story relates to my own story, and what I can learn from it. So, in comparison, uh, my own story is that I I was um, a good student, conscientious. Um, you could say I was going places. My dad wanted to me to get some kind of similar career as he he'd gotten, um, working in local government, maybe the civil service or something like that and all things were going on track um you know until 15 or 16 years old and then i i met my nemesis mike and uh and you know he he, he was he was you know smoking dope and he was an artistic person um very creative uh, a painter and a writer and, and, and then he was also very spiritual. His father had, uh, well, his father was in the Navy, in the Royal Navy, and he jumped ship in uh, India and disappeared for a few weeks and went to Amritsar to meet the Sikhs and stayed in a monastery there and studied um, for a few weeks and, and learned a lot. And then he returned and they led him back on the boat and he came back to the england and he raised his son as a as a hindu um reading bhagavad gita a vegetarian his whole life so so this was my friend mike he was in my class at school so yeah we started hanging out and uh yeah that was the start of a a different a different journey for me a different a different um fork in the in the trail a new angle on things and a new path in life and uh, so then after finishing uh university and i only just scraped through actually um i was having mental health problems uh in the final years of uh university and then i was searching was something to do. It's kind of treading water, temping for temping agencies, ADECO. Uh, and, and then eventually I joined a monastery. So then I joined the monastery. So like in Beneath the Wheel, he went to a monastery school. So then I joined the monastery. And, uh, and that got me back on the straight and narrow. Uh, no intoxication. Um, and... Uh, and then, yeah, I'm glad that, you know, I, I was I was there and I've learned a lot more about Eastern theology. And um, and here I am now. So that's good. So that's good. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. And, uh, yeah, Sharanga is my Hindu name, my guru. Uh, kind of baptized me, gave me the name. Um, and uh, although, yeah, membership of the International Society of Krishna Consciousness it isn't uh so so clear cut but yeah i'm I, i'm a uh, you know um if i was a christian then if i was baptized in a particular church would that make me uh, a member uh, you know a, a member of that church you know like church of england I, i've been baptized you know um uh, when i was a baby so i'm also a member of the church of england um, and there's other denominations Methodists, Catholics, etc. So um, ISKON, the International Society for Christian Consciousness, is is like a one of one of the you know one of the Christian churches, uh, one of the Christian uh, churches um, and the denomination. Um, there's different denominations of Christianity, and there's different denominations in Hinduism. So the denomination that Iskcon is part of. It's called Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Vaishnavism means that we worship Vishnu. Those other Hindus might worship Shiva. Godia means that it, it comes from. Um, Godia is the name of Bang of, uh, Bangladesh, Bangladesh and uh, Bengal. That area is that's the name of that country. So that's the denomination and the church that I belong to. Um. And, uh, yeah, I moved, I moved into, uh, the monastery in November, 2006. Uh, I was a novice monk there for a couple of years wearing white robes. And then in two, round about 2008, 2009, I can't remember exactly. Um, I didn't, I can't remember exactly what it was. If I talked to some of my friends, they'll probably remember. But at that point, we, five of us got, um, uh, given saffron robes in a small informal ceremony um, and so I stayed there. I took off my saffron robes in 2014 when I was decided I I wanted to look for a partner, um, and, and and get married. And but I stayed on in in the in the monastery until uh, I moved out in 2016 when I would found a partner. And actually, yeah, we were already married in a civil ceremony, and it wasn't until we had a religious ceremony that. Um, we were allowed to move out in 2016 um, into a kind of a workers' cottage um, on the kind of on the estate of um, the temple, the monastery, <clears throat> and um, yeah. So I've had the you know the uh, the the baptism ceremony, which is called it's called first initiation, and then there's a a second um, ceremony. Uh, official ceremony, old you know, people, members of the community come and like witness it taking place, which is and that's called second initiation, and that's 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 really similar to ordination, becoming ordained, uh, receive the sacred thread, which uh, which makes me a priest, <laughs> so I'm I'm officially a priest, um, <clears throat> so um, yeah, but actually. Um, at currently at that at the, at, the, at, the, at the time you know at the time of speaking my status in iscon is is in is in in uh in jeopardy in in limbo i'm i'm um you know uh in no man's land um like like fred Hoyle fred Hoyle um um Exile from the scientific community Um, But yeah That's part of my journey That is part of my journey And uh, Seeing it in the context of um, Carl Jung's um, Hero's journey We're all the hero of our own journey And um, I read read, I've not read uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces But I've read Christopher Vogler's book the writer's journey which is about using using that mythical step by step um template of um psych- of psychological development for for life and and seeing that I've you know m- m- the way I see it is that uh, you know the monastery is is a is a special world um, and there's special rules, and there's, if you want to call it magic, but there's genuine spirituality and a very different um, metaphysics to, you know, modern conventional metaphysics, which in the most part are physicalist and materialist reductionist. The me- the metaphysics of the of the monastery, and not just in theory, but very much in practice in in India traditionally people have a very different outlook and um, and I, I feel as though I'm just scratching the surface but I'm I'm, I'm very interested in, in different ways of looking at things different perspectives I mean that's one thing I gained from studying philosophy at universities that I became very open-minded and um, although I consider myself empiricist uh, you know, I can only confirm what I believe, uh, what I to believe what I've seen with my own senses. Um, I, I still I'm still very open minded because I find I find that a lot of uh, a lot of people will accept the authority of, for example, scientists um, who who okay let's let okay like big bang evolution accept the authority of scientists that such things are true. But myself as an empiricist, if I've not seen and witnessed that then um then i'm skeptical and um i reserve judgment uh, you know until I've, I've seen it with my own eyes and so one of that's one of the main differences for me insofar as um having faith in certain teachers uh, upon which we place trust um is um, a new, um, me, you know, uh, measuring system for you know who, who's 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 a good teacher, and part of that is is a lot about personal integrity and investigating people's life uh, lifestyle, and, and and lifestyle transparency, um, and not really taking anything just on on faith alone um a more strict criteria um <clears throat> so yeah my my uh my journey um is, is that i've been i uh, yeah i describe it as two separate worlds two complete some completely separate but but overlapping separate but overlapping worlds um the uh, in both in terms of 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 thought and and metaphysics and you know the fundamental philosophies uh, uh, are the foundation of 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 our of our um, the way we the way we see the world and what we think our lives are about and and want that you know the first world is is the world I grew up in and I'll describe that um, um, you know the world is a a material place there is no. Purpose, no God. Um, you make your own, make your own meaning in a world with no meaning. <laughs> and then, and then the the the, the second world is, um, you know, a world where all things are conscious. Um, life is divine. Um, God has a plan. Uh, we're all part of the master plan. How does that song go? Everything that's been has passed. Life is in the looking glass There's four and twenty million doors On lifeless, endless corridor Say it loud and sing it proud and they Will dance if they wanna dance Please, brother, take a chance You know they're gonna go Which way they wanna go All we know is that we don't know how it's gonna be? Please, brother, let it be. Life on the other hand won't make you understand. We're all part of the master plan. So the um, <clears throat> community that um, I've been living in is is a is a a, a cloistered. Um, and very separate, you know, um, uh, from mainstream society. Um, and, and, and then although I've never visited, uh, you know, com- to compare it with like an Amish community or um, I think, you know, Mennonites is, is another Protestant um, uh, German um, group, uh, Bruderhof, the Bruderhof uh, communities. I've seen those advertised. And I think um, something very similar, I think I would fit fit right in uh, in one of those places. And they're even allowed to drink beer. So that that would be fantastic. But they're very, yeah, very much segregated and separate. And, and, and the community that I've lived in is also very, 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 very like that, closed. Um, it was actually completely closed uh, for, um, I think, about 20 years. Uh, before they were allowed to o- open up as a place of public worship they hadn't got that right granted from the local council um and now people are allowed to visit um for a few a few festivals uh per year only actually but but um yeah we were open on a sunday the place is open on a sunday for people to come um but yeah, it's 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 a, it's an enclave. Um, a um, and 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 when I first went there, I, mean, I remember I didn't even leave the compound uh, for a period of about a year. Uh, just stayed on site the whole time. And it's interesting how you know how how uh, we as a community might see ourselves, and how others um, from the outside might see us, and, and the differences between those. I mean, um, you'll have seen the. You might have seen the film Mad Max. There's, um, I think, Mad Max One, and there's a kind of an enclave of of um, of you know civilized people who've got uh, a petrol pump and they've got electricity, electric light, and they're they've got this this compound which they're defending. And so, our sense of ourselves is something like that. That you know, as followers of our Hindu religion, we're um maintaining preserving civilization uh and are surrounded by by um barbarians uh something similar um and i am i when i read books about uh, saint cuthbert uh you know um he's and he's you know he's described him you know he's going to meet the the wild tribesmen and try to preach to these um these barbarians try to convert them to Christianity Uh, very similar very similar uh, in terms of the way we see ourselves um uh and and the way the way the way um you know the teachers from the pulpit present you know who who we are as a community and um um yeah and and also um um Yeah, like like it's it it is like living in a cave. I feel as a as a monk, you know, I've I've been um like it's been like living in a cave, and 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 I want to say that I don't think that is a bad thing. I think that everybody should spend time living in a cave at some point in their life. I think it's great. Uh, Get to know yourself deep in meditation, deep in prayer, find peace uh, with your own mind. Um, I highly recommend it. It's difficult if you've got kids. You have to do it either before your kids are born or after. Best both. Best to do it at both times when you've got that chance, when you're young, free, and single. Um, Join a monastery. I'm on a recruitment drive. Uh, I want to see all the monasteries in the UK full. Hindu monasteries, Buddhist monasteries, Christian monasteries. I think the world needs more monks and nuns. It needs more monks and nuns, peaceful people who have a deep and profound relationship with their Creator, with God i think uh the whole society would benefit uh, a lot if there were more people like that um i mean an, ex- an an example of that uh living in a cave is that um we you know we didn't we didn't see a tv screen we didn't read a newspaper i i didn't have a clue what was going on for completely not a clue for at least 10 years but for, for, for 10 years for 10 years uh, I didn't see a single TV single newspaper one of my friends one of the monks he got back uh, one uh, day because because we go out we go out uh, into towns and cities but we, we we just go out completely uh on a mission you know we have our ideas to 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 sell in you know uh, our ideas to share uh we but we don't we don't we're not we don't we didn't want to you know um uh, receive any information we just wanted to give information and, and I felt as though we were kind of like like astronauts uh you know in our in in um walking on the surface of the moon um you know just inch completely insulated with our own ideology but one of my friends Raganath he came back one day and he said oh I met a reporter um in, in the main street in Buchanan Street, and she said to me, um, "What do you think about the um, about the royal wedding going on tomorrow?" <laughs> My friend Ragu, who's a who's a monk like me, you know, we he was like, "What what what royal wedding? What royal wedding?" So we didn't know anything about it at all. And she, the reporter, said, "I think you're the only person in the whole of the country who doesn't know that William and Kate are getting married tomorrow." So apparently it was a big thing, but we we didn't know anything about it because we didn't read the newspapers. And I think I think we you know we uh, yeah. I think I think it's great. I think I, I got to say I think it's great. You know, so much goes on in the news, and we can get depressed about it. Okay, there's nice things in the news as well, like William and Kate getting married. But most of the news is pretty depressing stuff. And I and I I I, I regularly meet people who are really depressed because of what they've seen in the news and um but to cut yourself off from that and just deal with situations that life presents to you and 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 deal with them and not get this this thing is in the zone of influence and zone of concern that we are we have a certain power to enact change um, within our lives and within the lives of people who are close to us, and beyond that, we have we have very little power to affect any change at all. And so, but but then if that's where stress the stress comes about by having wanting to change something which we don't have the power to change. So, for example, you know there's a there's a horrible disaster gone on. You know, uh, an earthquake, uh, a tsunami, something terrible has gone on on the other side of the world, and we're getting the news that so many people have died. Oh my God, it's so horrible and I'm, and I'm lamenting and I'm crying and I'm, I'm like, it's so upsetting, you know, the, these people, I see the f- pictures on the screen. These people are, uh, are, suffering and, and, uh, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm crying like a baby, but, but, um, but what can I do? What can I do? If only, if only I could go and do something to help them, but, but what I can't, I can't do anything. I, I, I can't do anything. And so, um, I think like, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't watch the news. I shouldn't. I shouldn't watch the news because um, it's too upsetting, and I can't do anything to help the people I see on the screen who are on the other side of the world who are who are suffering. Instead, let me just you know be here now, um, Zen, be in the moment, um, and 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 like you know, if someone comes up to me and he's, they're begging and they 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 they're poor and they're hungry, I can give them something. I can go and buy a buy a loaf of bread from the co-op, and I can give it to them, and then I can. That's some. That's my zone of influence, um, and and I don't want to, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, g- zone of concern. Uh, Get extend it um, beyond uh, my zone of influence. Um, but uh, yeah, living in the monastery. Um, for for ten years, you know, and then and then coming out of it, and there's people who are still in that monastery now and they and they'll, they'll stay there for the rest of their lives, and they'll never come out of that monastery. they'll be completely absorbed in the religious scriptures, completely absorbed in meditation as I was, um, not reading any other you know written text other than other than scripture uh, and and uh, uh, I don't think we should criticize that. I think people are entitled to do that. that's their choice, that's a that's a choice. To, to do that um, and but yeah having been in it and then coming out again uh, I don't know if anyone's seen this film um, I watched it when I was a kid Flight of the Navigator is called and the story is, is there's a little kid and he's um, he's living in his ha- home with his parents and then somehow a, 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 an alien in a UFO picks him up and, and the, the UFO they, they go for a ride all around the universe and it's an amazing it's an amazing trip and uh, and, and for him it takes half an hour and he's, he's gone all around the universe and he gets back and then he goes back to his home and he knocks on the door and an old couple answer the door and he says, what are you doing here? This is my home. Uh, and they say like, no, this is our home. We, 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 we purchased this home uh, 15 years ago. Who, who are you? And, uh, and so he's in, in the space of half an hour, 20 years have gone by on planet earth. And he's still the same kid and his parents have, uh, you know, they filed a missing person and, uh, they thought this, the son had had, had gone or got kidnapped or whatever. And, but now he was, he was back and he hadn't aged. So anyway, yeah, this like fly to the navigator syndrome, um, when, when when I left when I when I when I joined the monastery, then um, Pierce Brosnan was James Bond. Um, there were just five TV channels. Uh, Brentford were in the fourth division. The world the world has completely changed. I can't I can't believe that uh, Brentford are in the Premier League. Can't believe it. And I was just reading uh, a book the other day, actually, um, which tells the same a very similar story um it's a book by a lady called Jeannie reddy j i n i r e w e y wonderland w a n d e r l a n d and it tells a story of uh, a hawthorn tree and i can just read it out for you here it is a larger than life storyteller up on dartmoor a man who was robust and theatrical once stood over a hawthorn and said in his rich, mellifluous voice that the tree was a gateway to the fairy underworld. I'd read too in a book of folk tales that if you pluck a thorn from the tree, then you might piss off the fairies who live in the roots. If this happened, you'd be pulled into their world for an unreasonable length of time. It would feel like the blink of an eye. But if you found your way back to this world, you'd discover to your horror that many decades had passed and your loved ones were long dead. So that's the same story as the um, Flight of the Navigator and perhaps the author or the director of that film heard about the the fairy tale um, of the hawthorn tree. But I think I've made my 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 point that um that it that uh yeah there's two the two separate worlds and um, that's a big part of Carl Jung's hero hero's journey that um the the hero or heroine starts in one world they journey into a special world a magical world which I feel my my time in the monastery has been like that. But then, at a certain point, they have to leave that magical world, having having learned something, having gained something, and come back to the ordinary world to to share what it is they've gained. And that's 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 where I am now. I'm at that at that precipice of um, of uh, returning and and uh, reluctantly, reluctantly returning, being kind of pushed out of of. Um, of my my community, and uh, I just wanted to um, cut the grass. I just wanted to cut the grass, make compost, look after a couple of beehives. Um, but um, fate has other plans, and instead, we're trying to start new, new, um, new, new, new Kitan Kitan groups, and uh, finding little. Like rooms to rent in community centres around Scotland, and uh, offering meditation classes, and um, yeah, kirtan—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a musical genre, uh, singing the names of of God in the Hindu tradition in a call and response fashion. Krishna Das—he won a Grammy or something like that. Um, he's a famous—he's a famous uh, So instead um, of cutting the grass, uh, I'm being pushed out. And uh, we're trying to start new um, meditation groups and uh, trying to find a kitchen. We, we've been kick, kicked out of the kitchen, um, trying to find new kitchens where we can cook and give free vegetarian food for homeless hostels and for poor people, students. Um, and uh, I'm doing a podcast. So that's that's the start of a new journey. I'm... I'm um, you know, coming back to the ordinary world, uh, sharing what I've learned in the spiritual world of the monastery, and uh, and the next thing I want to I want to talk about is 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 culture of speech, <clears throat> and a um, uh, culture. I want to talk about the culture of speech within the monastery. Um. And what do I mean by that? So I, I want I want you to consider. You know, uh, the, the, the different situations there's a different culture of speech. So, for example, in the courtroom, there's a very serious. You're under oath. There's a very serious culture of speech um, where if you say the wrong thing in the courtroom, you know you, you could be put in prison for a long time. That that's a serious. That's that's. So, so there's um, that's that's one extreme um taking words very seriously um and then on the other extreme we've got you know the you know you the freedom to uh just uh you know let the tongue loose and just you know rabbit on about this and that with no consequence no consequence at all so so what i'm saying is that in the monastery it's a very strict um culture of speech um, which I've I've lived in and um, practiced and observed for a long time, and and, and such things as you know we shouldn't um, say anything that isn't corroborated with 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 the the holy scriptures. We shouldn't. Um, we certainly shouldn't um, gossip, and we when we shouldn't we shouldn't criticise either. We shouldn't um, unnecessarily criticise or. What we would term as blaspheme um fellow uh followers of the faith um so you know that's a serious term blasphemy it's a it's a Chris, i think it's a christian term but it's you know been adopted in 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 our hindu tradition um uh, and, and refers to uh something that shouldn't be done um and uh And there was very little time for for chit-chat. Um, and, you know, we were to get from the morning till the night. We were, we were busy. Um, to begin with, we would get out of bed at four o'clock and then, uh, you know, you have it, a quick shower and then you're in the temple room at half past four <clears throat> ready for half an hour of singing hymns. And that's followed by... <clears throat> Two hours of, of personal meditation. So you're in a room full of lots of people, but if you were to start a conversation, the the kind of um, one of the, the the sergeants would would say, you know, get meditate. You know, and he'd say, this is you know, this is your mind. You know, uh, your distracted mind. You're meant to be meditating now. So any um, any 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 other other anything other than just Reciting the the names in prayer uh, was was um, chopped. You would chop it off. So you you'd do two hours of um, uh, chanting, meditating on the names of Krishna, and then after that, then uh, another half an hour of singing, and then after that, a class, and we listen, listen very attentively for an hour, listen to the class. And then, um, and then it was breakfast time and breakfast was actually quite often taken in a rush and sometimes even in the car on the way out, uh, in the car out to um, one of the cities. Uh, and as soon as we get there, we'd be out on the street um, and fundraising, collecting money, asking people for donations. And that would carry on for maybe uh, if we got there at sort of 10-ish, we would carry on till 5. So um 7 or 8 hours um and uh again you know the 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 fundraising team supervisor he wanted to see that we were always uh one after another approaching people and not stopping to chit chat between ourselves if 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 we did you know he would come over and say no you know we we let's just carry on with the fundraising and so so that was the the the, the whole day uh 7 days a week um and then um and then the next, uh, we would go back in the car. Um, and and uh, yeah, the, um, most people would have uh, like Walkmans or MP3 players. They would put them in in the car on the way back. And then uh, we would get back and uh, and I think we'd be exhausted by that point. And uh, we'd have some supper and then go to bed. So there's was, um, yeah, I, I mean, I remember once, I, I, did, I did have a, a mentor who I could speak to at length. Um, and he would come maybe once every six months. So it was only once every six months that I had the chance to kind of share my, my, my thoughts and express myself, um, to somebody. And other than that, there was, um, there wasn't, yeah, there was the culture of speech was very restricted and, um, um, yeah. Uh, you know, don't speak anything that isn't related to, to God. And, uh, one of the, well, especially when I was a, when you're a new, a new uh, novice monk, um, then um, uh, you know, rarely given the opportunity to, to, to speak at length on any topic. Um, but after after I'd been there about a year, I, they, they they asked me to, to start giving a, a morning uh, sermon on the rota once a month or so, and, and so then you know, I had the chance to to, to, to speak for half an hour or so. Uh, but again, you know, obviously, completely, completely, you know, point we were making would be based in in um, scripture and uh, quoting verses to, to corroborate uh, whatever point we were making. Um, and I still I can still remember a few a few of um, the Sanskrit verses uh, which we would quote. Um this is one of my favourite verses, and it's actually it's actually appears twice. In viguna It is far better to discharge one's prescribed duties even though falsely than another's duties perfectly. Destruction in the course of performing one's own duty is better than engaging in another's duty. For to follow another's path is dangerous. It is better to engage in one's own occupation, even though one may perform it imperfectly, than to accept another's occupation and perform it perfectly. Duties prescribed according to one's nature are never affected by sinful reactions. But yeah, I think I've made my point that the culture in, in the monastery, I mean, um, is very strict, uh, very strict, cultural speech very strict, and... Um, I think that, and I think I would find simf, uh, something similar in 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 monasteries of Buddhist Buddhist monasteries and Christian monasteries. Um, there's uh, a lot of silence, a lot of solitude, uh, and and that, you know I struggled. I struggled with with the solitude. Um, of course, the idea is that you know our we develop our primary relationship is with God, and if um, and if we're s- so satisfied in that, then we. We 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 don't feel lonely, um, and we don't need other relationships. Um, but I'm not so advanced. I'm not so not so deeply spiritual uh, to connect with God on such a level that uh, I, I don't need relationships with other people. And so I didn't want to stay on in the monastery. And I'm glad I decided to to uh, step out of that, step back, and um, and. Uh, and i'm happier now happier now i've got friends who i can go for a coffee with uh and things like that have a good old natter chinwag um but yeah yeah um um like yeah another another example of the strictness it's something like joining the army that uh you know if we didn't um address like senior officers by their full title you know we would get a get a telling off uh, i imagine it's similar in the army um but um yeah not not i mean there's, yeah there's a film um what's it called uh integrate silence it's called um a friend of mine put me onto it uh he's a friend who i sometimes go for a for a hot chocolate with um, and he stayed for he's, he he knows the people at Lindisfarne and he stayed there for a while and he knows about different monk, kinds of monks uh, integrate silence so silence is a big part of being a monk um, there's, a, there's a there's a a vow that Hindu Hindus take called monavrat which means that they vow not to speak and I, I remember even doing that for maybe, you know, a couple of weeks when I was a teenager, me and a friend of mine, we were into that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, to take such a vow, you know, for uh, years uh, would be quite something. Um, so, you know, seeing it in the context of cult- different kind of cultures of speech. Um, yeah, I was at um, a writer's group on a bookshop on the south side of Glasgow because, um, yeah as well as wanting to speak about my experiences i'm also trying to write about them but like i'm just in this process of kind of leaving the cocoon of um, you know coming out of the cave and uh, it was kind of a culture shock that you know some of the people in in the in the writers group were so 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 loose tongued and so, so as well articulate and, and able to express themselves so well um for for for, for me from my point of view of, been in such a strict environment for such a long time um, and yeah I appreciate I, I, you know, I appreciate all all um, different people's experiences and um, and but yeah this 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 culture of, of uh, obedience humility um, submission to the senior monks I remember one time I was fundraising in Liverpool and uh, a nun and um, Took me to uh, a nunnery, and and, and uh, you know, I waited at the door while she wanted she wanted to give a, a donation, and uh, a little chance to have a little chat uh, about her own vows as a, as a nun, and, and she explained, you know, poverty, chastity, obedience were the three vows taken, and, uh, um, yeah, and that yeah, and that 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 chastity doesn't just refer to. You know, sexual continence, but like loyalty to the teachings of of uh, of the Bible and of the leaders of the of the monastery, um, and so yeah, myself, uh, it, it was very much like you know, speak in terms of you know the senior senior monks, um, you know, speak when spoken to. That was the etiquette, um, and so I come to the end of the podcast now and my last reason i want to give for why i'm doing a podcast is um for me the most important and that's uh, it's it's about becoming myself and becoming the person who I, th- I think i am and who i who i want to be and i'm doing that because um because and because of um well i want to explain this word darshan there's a word darshan, uh, uh, it's a Sanskrit word, and when someone goes into the temple, they say uh, they say like I'm going into the temple to to take darshan, and to darshan means to see. So um, yeah, there's a verse in the Bhagavad Gita, "Sama I see I see all beings equally, I see all all beings the same, sama So So um, uh and we have a friend actually she her name is darshaner um, a friend uh, a friend of the family um, and and so yeah darshan means to see and and people say i'm going into the temple to 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 have a darshan to take a darshan which means i'm going to go in there and um, and, and so i can i can see the deities see the the statues of god there uh, in the temple but it's been explained uh, uh, to me and and and, and the, the 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 proper understanding isn't that we go into the temple so we can see God, but we go into the temple so that he can see us. Because uh because we yeah, we we um we accept that the, the deity is is God and uh like uh he's no less certainly no less than we are. He can see he can see us, you know. God can see us and and so we go there so that in in all our nakedness, you know, we, we, God can see 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 right through us, and He knows who we are and what we're about. And so, in myself, wanting to become the person that I uh, that I'm, you know, to, to try to do more to help people, to do whatever I can in in service of humanity, uh, and and I'm doing it because I want I want God to to see me to see me that that's what I'm, who I am. That's what I'm trying to do. Um so to be to be to stand up and be counted, to be seen as you know one of one of um, to be seen as one of one of God's men. I want to try to be all that I can be and just try to just try to help. Oh, when the saints go marching in, oh, when the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number, oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in Oh, when the saints go marching in I want to be in that number Oh, when the saints go marching in So I'm hoping to uh, find an audience and uh, give uh, you know, workshops and talks at events, um, like uh, mind-body-soul events, and psychic fairs, and uh, music, summer music festivals, and anywhere really, anywhere will have me, um, do a little meditation class, and um, speak a little bit about my experiences. And uh, yeah, I've got I've got quite a few um, ideas lined up for different topics. Um, and there's an yeah, there's an emphasis on literature. You know, I, I like reading um, books and and seeing um, like uh, yeah, I could do I could do a podcast about Harry Potter. I've got one lined up. I want to do about Frankenstein actually, uh, which for me Frankenstein is about you know man playing God, uh, man, you know, creating life. So that's an interesting thing to talk about. And um, I've got one lined up called The Army of Monks, which is comparing um, the experience of being a monk to being a soldier, differences and similarities. Um, I want to do another one about the Da Vinci Code because I didn't say everything that I wanted to say about that. Hello, that person who is speaking is my daddy.